Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Birds Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Eagles are back in action on Thursday night with the debut of the second season of Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. With a short week and a few days of walkthroughs, the Eagles will welcome fans back to Lincoln Financial Field for the season home opener, a primetime game against the Minnesota Vikings led by Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are coming off of a loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield in a game that they were widely expected in the weeks leading up to this game during the offseason and even in the days leading up to this past Sunday's game slate. They were expected to win handily. The Eagles played a little bit rusty on Sunday. Hopefully all of that rust has been shaken off of the team and they'll be ready to bring home the first home victory of the season. Eagles fans will be able to catch the game on Prime Video by subscribing to Amazon Prime. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern with pregame coverage. Kickoff is at 8.15. Fans local to Philadelphia can also catch the game on Fox 29, according to an Eagles spokesperson. In today's episode, we're going to preview the game, as well as talk about some of the keys to victory, especially after last Sunday's performance. And the first key to the game for me is going to be getting pressure on Kirk Cousins. With Sean Desai's desire for the defense to be palpable, the Eagles are going to need to get pressure on the quarterback. Kirk Cousins went 33 for 44 on Sunday with two touchdowns and an interception, and he was sacked twice. And it was those sacks that really made the difference in his performance. Similarly, with the Eagles, the Eagles were able to net two sacks against the Patriots, including one by Jalen Carter, who got his career off to a pretty loud start. He had a quarterback hit, tackle for a loss. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. The Eagles will need to continue that sack performance that constantly getting pressure on Kirk Cousins over the course of the game in order for the game to be successful. Those two sacks came at a really critical point towards the very, very end of the game for the Eagles when the Eagles were trying to fend off drives by the Patriots to keep them from scoring touchdowns. Otherwise, the Eagles might have walked away from week one with a loss, and that's not something that you want to do if you're trying to get the season started on the right foot. The Eagles will probably have a better game defensively. We're anticipating that the Eagles are going to have a better game defensively, and it's just kind of a week one jitters that cause the Eagles defense to not get as much pressure on Mac Jones as we were expecting. Also combined with that is a Hall of Fame head coach who is really able to game plan well for opposing teams. But the Eagles are going to need to disrupt Kirk Cousins' rhythm in order to assert their dominance this week. And that brings me to the next key to the game, which is going to keep the pass game in check. The Vikings do have a number of weapons on offense, but none nearly as effective as wide receiver Justin Jefferson. He caught 9 out of 12 passes for 150 yards, and he would have been a strong contender for player of the week this week if it wasn't for Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers, who had a stellar game in week one. Jefferson was not targeted much at all during the second half. 10 of his 12 targets came during the first half. Seven of his 10 catches came during the first half. He only had 12 receiving yards in the second half. And when he's not a factor, it really shows. And the game was 
really lost towards the end of the game for the Vikings when the Vikings were not able to hold on and were not able to overcome the Buccaneers. The Eagles can capitalize on isolating out Jefferson and forcing Cousins to find alternative targets. Now, earlier this week, Eagles linebacker Nakobe Dean, who suffered an injury during the first game of the year, was placed on injured reserve, so he will be out for quite a bit. He is a candidate's return, according to Nick Sirianni, who confirmed that earlier this week. I had a chance to catch up with Prime Video Thursday Night Football Studio analysts, and Richard Sherman, who is one of them, indicated that it was odd to not have depth at the off-ball linebacker position which is a position that is impacted by Dean's injury. The Eagles do seem to be comfortable with it. They did sign Nicholas Moreau to the active roster, and they signed linebacker Rashad Evans to the practice squad earlier this week. So there is some opportunity for depth there, but it definitely, again, caught Richard Sherman by surprise that the Eagles are a little light at that particular position. And the Eagles do have more depth at the lines and the back positions, so they can shift their scheme to one with multiple defensive backs and extra safeties, something that is pretty common in a Vic Fangio-style defense, which is what we're looking at with Sean Desai, who follows Vic Fangio's school. The third key to the game is going to be spreading the ball around. The Eagles have a ton of weapons, and even though Kenny Gainwell is going to be out for the game tomorrow with a injury, the Eagles still have their main core of receivers. Now, Sunday was mostly Devontae Smith early. It took A.J. Brown until later in the game to catch up to Smith's 10 targets. The Eagles will need to focus on getting the football to the standout receivers through the passing game more so that there's not one particular target that the Vikings can go in and try to, again, isolate out. Noticeably absent from Sunday's game was Dallas Goddard, who had one target and no receptions. I had a chance to ask Tony Gonzalez from Thursday Night Football Studio Programming, and he indicated that it would be crazy if Goddard is not targeted more. He said that in a different offense with different receivers, he'd probably be a guy that has 80 to 90 catches. He also indicated the blame for this is partly on Hertz and partly on offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. Now, the Eagles have one of the best collective groups of receivers in the NFL, and I'd expect that Goddard has worked better into the mix in this game, which should not be as impacted also by bad weather, which impacted a lot of the Eagles' offensive planning. Nick Sirianni said on Wednesday that a variety of factors may play into who gets targeted in each particular game, in each particular outing you know sometimes it's what the defense is doing and yeah you never want it to happen but it does you know and uh i i you know i i said uh, to our coaches not like we were throwing it to some bums on the outside we were throwing it to aj brown and Devonte smith and so like you know you want to you you make it part of your plan to get to them but sometimes defense takes it away sometimes you know it's just the way the flow of the game's going and you know again like i said you know, I, I know how those touches worked out for those guys yesterday, but, you know, we were, we were also getting it to guys that we, we felt like uh, could change the game as well and prove over time that they can change the game uh, also in A.J. and uh, Devontae. And Brian Johnson acknowledged earlier this week that the Eagles simply have to get the ball to Dallas Goddard more. You know, like you said, that was something that, that really took place in game one last year, you know, with Devontae where – 
he ended up without a catch. But, you know, there were four or five times where the ball could or should have went, went his way. So, um, you know, we, we have to be really, really mindful of that um, and get, you know, all of our players involved. Um, you know, so I think it's that's a scenario. You know, Dallas obviously is a fantastic player. And, uh, you know, we got to do a great job to, to try to find ways to get him the ball. And that was a sentiment shared by Tony Gonzalez when I spoke to him on Wednesday afternoon. So at the end of the day, the Eagles have to do a better job of getting the ball spread out to all of their receivers. The next key to the game is going to be conditioning. The Eagles did seem to be pretty gassed going into halftime after the Patriots moved to an up-tempo, no-huddle offense, and I'm willing to chalk that up to it being the first regular season game after a preseason in which really none of the starters saw any preseason snaps which can definitely have an impact. There's nothing that you can simulate that replicates effectively a game. And the Eagles starters didn't really start at all during any of the preseason games, which is the opportunity to get that rust shaken off during that process. Coach Sirianni did say that he thought it might be beneficial going forward to maybe make sure that the guys had some opportunity in the preseason to benefit from some preseason snaps, especially if they're starters. But that doesn't obviate the fact that you do need to make sure that you are in tip-top shape. Sirianni did indicate how important it was to be well-conditioned at the outset of training camp. We know how important it is that if you're a 4-6 guy, you're a 4-6 guy all game, not just 4-6 guy, and then you go to a 4-7 guy and 4-8 guy. So we're going to work our butts off to make sure that the shape that they came back in only continues to develop, um, and that's our job as coaches, strength coaches, and um, as, a, as a staff. The Eagles are on a short week this week. They played on Sunday. They play again on Thursday. That's three days of practice. It's going to come down to who is able to be at the top of their game consistently. The last key to the game is going to be turnovers. Turnovers are always going to be huge in the National Football League, and the Eagles tend to make sure that they can cause a couple, a few, each game. Now, last season, when the Eagles faced off against the Vikings, the Eagles picked Kirk Cousins off three times, including twice by Darius Slay. Last week against the Patriots, the Eagles were able to win the turnover battle, they had a pick six early in the game, as well as a fumble. The weather will be less conducive to a slippery ball this week when the Eagles face off against the Vikings, so the Eagles may be able to reproduce a strong interception game when the Eagles face off against them. But taking the ball away from the Vikings and not giving it up to them will absolutely factor into this whole operation. There is no statistic anywhere in the National Football League that correlates more closely to a team winning or losing a game more than the turnover battle. So these are my keys to the game, but let me know what you think in the comments below. What are you going to be looking for when it comes to how the Eagles will do in Thursday's game? And thank you so much to everyone for tuning into the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media on YouTube, as well as sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. And you can visit birdsnestmedia.com to find the latest Eagles news. If you feel so inclined to support us financially, you can find the link to our Patreon at birdsnestmedia.com, as well as in the description below. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!